Welcome to the Triage Method podcast. This is a special edition of the podcast, so going to be no advertising, no sales. It's not going to have the typical uh, flow that the other podcasts have because this is a special edition, Corona edition. Some of you may have heard, not sure if you, you would have or not, there's actually a, an old global pandemic happening. Okay, There's this virus, um, the coronavirus. And it happens to have infected a lot of people across the world and people are concerned. So as a result, Ireland is basically on lockdown. Uh, the UK are a bit slower uh, to catch up. And um, I have a couple of clients in uh, Northern Ireland, which is unfortunately part of the UK. And as a result, <laughs> they're, they're still training away and they're still integrating and everything. But down south, down in the Republic, uh, that's not the case. So we wanted to take it um, as an opportunity to basically and clear up some concerns that a lot of people have right now in terms of how you can actually keep moving towards or at least attain uh, your health and fitness uh, progress that you have made or that you intend to make um, over a time that obviously is a bit more challenging. Yeah, and like I do want to express right now that I am blatantly, extremely aware that lots of the people that listen to this are not in Ireland, right? But this information does still apply to you because effectively the way they are going to be able to contain the spread of this virus is by effectively implementing some sort of self-quarantine uh, for at least two weeks because again it takes up to two weeks for the the symptoms to start to you know become apparent for some people like some people it's five days some people it's 14 days but it's generally within that time frame right and that's why this is this two-week shutdown mark so they can kind of effectively stem the the spread of this right so if your country is not affected right now they're probably going to implement if you know cases start getting a little bit out of hand they're probably going to implement some sort of shutdown for two weeks right so if you're listening to this and you're in i don't know australia or fucking israel i don't know like there's loads of people all around the world that listen to this like there's people in lebanon and stuff that listen to this you know so whatever your country response is you know, uh, a two-week shutdown is probably one of the most likely shutdown, or sorry, most likely responses that your government bodies will take, right? So the stuff you hear here does potentially apply to you in the future, right? But it also applies to you or your clients, you know, if they do have to self-isolate, right? Because again, they're going to have to self-isolate for 14 days if they believe they have symptoms, you know, and then potentially longer if they actually have the, the coronavirus itself you know um and but like i do want to make it also clear at the start of this that we're not giving medical advice like i'm not going to go into the the fucking biochemistry of the fucking coronavirus itself gary even though he's on his way to becoming a qualified doctor he's not going to tell you fucking medical advice to help uh with the coronavirus that's not what this episode is about this episode is purely about helping you stay on track with your health and fitness goals while this kind of in Ireland two week, we'll call it a quarantine period is in place, right? And the reason we want to do this is because I know a lot of personal trainers, a lot of coaches listen to this podcast and it's a very worrying time for them, you know, because effectively you are, if you work for yourself, a business owner and you're self-employed, even if you work in a gym, you know, if the gym closes down, you potentially are out of income. So not only are you uh, scared, of you know potentially getting COVID-19, but also you're scared because potentially you're gonna get COVID-19 and have no money because the gym closed down 
and you lost all your clients because they couldn't train and you couldn't collect any money from that. Now, naturally enough, the government is potentially going to step in. Don't know the full extent of it right now, especially for those that are self-employed. They're going to potentially step in with some sort of income reimbursement. You know, you pay your taxes. Like realistically, if they don't come in with some income reimbursement for you know revenue lost over this time, just stop paying your taxes because they're scum, right? Um, but they will potentially come in with some sort of income reimbursement. Now, is it the extent that you would have got if you were working in that time? Yeah, probably not. But I do reckon that like a lot of countries like Italy and stuff, they have brought in, you know, mortgage interest rate holds and different things to potentially ease the, the financial burden of people that, you know, are affected by the spread of this pandemic, right? So that's the kind of preface to or preface to this whole podcast. I also want it so that you can share it to your clients if you are a personal trainer. I also want it to help you as a personal trainer, coach, whatever, and then also help the your clients and also help like the, the general population at large because we do have a broad audience of people that listen to this all around the world but a lot of what we're going to say is specific to ireland right now and potentially then specific to other countries as they start closing the border you know as they start closing their their country down start closing you know generally it's going to be like in ireland closing uh, places that are enclosed places that have over 100 people you know, that's generally going to be the, the practice or closing places and events that have, you know, very close proximity. Like our, both of our Brazilian jiu-jitsu gyms are closed down, you know. Um, so obviously because, you know, you're face to face grinding into each other, you know, basically wrestling, you know. Um, so that that is going to be the case with, with a lot of countries. They're going to close down buildings that have over 100 people in them. And again, that does apply to some gyms and it doesn't apply to other gyms. Right. So. Take that as a preface for all of this, and we're going to get into discussion straight away, right? So the, the first major thing with all of this is the fact that for a lot of people in Ireland right now, a lot of people don't have access to a gym anymore, right? Because the gym has either preemptively shut down because they, even if they don't have over 100 people in there, they're very aware that, you know, over a day, they might have 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 1,000 people walking through that gym especially if they do classes which you know all of a sudden a class brings in 25 30 people and the the numbers in the gym just skyrocket for an hour you know and some gyms like i know in dublin uh, a lot of gyms are still open you know a lot of gyms are not still open um but a lot of gyms have stayed open and just really increased the use of like hand sanitizers they've increased the, the cleaning staff, you know, cleaning down the equipment and different things like that. So like a lot of stuff has been put into place in some gyms. Like I went to the gym already today, you know, um, but I am really aware because obviously we're talking to our clients and stuff that a lot of gyms are closed down. So you don't have access to the gym. So that's our, this is our first hurdle. If you're trying to stay on track with your health and fitness stuff, all of a sudden you've been doing this three, four, five day program. You've been trying to like progress with that. And all of a sudden that's taken away now because you can't go to your gym. So Gary, where are we at with that? What, how are we thinking about this? Because obviously we need to touch on like diet stuff. We need to touch on lifestyle stuff. We need to touch on like a load of other stuff. But purely right now, people are worried about keeping their gains because their gym has closed down. So what is the source with that? Yeah, so like the way that I'm kind of encouraging my clients to, to look at this problem is to basically say, right, look, what, what can you actually gain from this period of time? And I think that's what you should be 
that's the way you should be viewing this independent of whether we're talking about training, nutrition, or any other area of your self-development or your college, your work, whatever. What, how can you use this period of time actually productively to potentially, you know, uh, move your goals even further forward when you do get back full on the throttle. So like the, one of the, one of the things that I think is worth noting when it, when it comes to the process is that if you are someone who is training quite hard and you've been training, you know, since, since the turn of the year, you've been on it, you know, this two week period where you're actually just not training or training less uh, could actually be beneficial for you. You know, it could allow for some additional recovery and you could kind of view it as like a, and a forced deload, you know, life brought this deload on you. Um, and when we, when we did the podcast on deload, we actually discussed that. We said that very often life brings deloads and you don't necessarily need to plan them. And this is one of those instances. So there could be that potential benefit there. Um, in general, I'm not going to say to people that, oh, I just don't train at all. Don't do anything like that's generally not a good idea. So that's the first thing is that you can still train, you know, even if like, it's obviously easier for people who are just into you know, mixed training. Like if, if you, if you generally train quite a lot of conditioning work and you do a bit of weight training as well, it's not, it's probably not as big of a deal to you because you're just like, Oh, well, I can still do all my conditioning work. I can still run hills. I can go for long runs. I can go hiking, etc. So you still have those options available. Um, but for people who are more into resistance training and that's their main thing, it is a bit more difficult to, to get proper training in. So this is where, you know, you start to become a little bit creative. You know, there's lots of bodyweight exercises that you can actually do at home that can still be really, really effective. You know, I mean, like, especially when you're talking about, about the, the upper body, some muscles in particular, like the push-ups. like push-ups are an absolutely fantastic exercise. They're ridiculously versatile and there's no reason why you can't get like a proper uh, chest workout in with literally just push-ups. So, I mean, I wouldn't be worried about like my bench press strength falling off because all you're, all you're basically going to be doing is just, yeah, you're still training a similar movement, similar muscles, etc. Um, but you're going to be doing it in a different, uh, different fashion. You know, you're doing a push up instead of a bench press, um, same muscles, different repetition ranges, prob- prop, probably. Um, and obviously progression is a, is a little bit more of a challenge as well, but at the same time, it's still pretty easy to progress and regress a push up. Like if you're not able to do full push ups, you can do push ups from your knees. You can do push ups against a table, against the wall, depending on your level of level of strength, how trained you are. Um, so that they're like your regressions and you could progress that up by, you know, having a band. If you have a, a resistance band at home, um, or you have the option of picking one up or you could order one online. A resistance band is from China. Yeah, just not from China. <laughs> a really good way of, of progressing your your push-ups would be to, you know, put that band around your back, have it in your hands, and boom, you could progress that way. Or you can put something on your back. You could wear a backpack with books in it. You know, so there's lots of options available there. So push-ups are a great exercise. If you've got play, a playground near you, you know, you can do lots of chin-up variations, horizontal row variations. You can, some people... If depending on houses built, some people can do like chin ups off there uh, above the stairs. You know, when you're coming down the stairs, you can do chin ups there. You can do chin ups from your shed, whatever. You know, so there's, there's lots of options there for kind of pull up and rowing variations. Yeah, and just just on say, that, I just want to say that like we're going to just prioritize over the next few days getting some more at home slash body weight exercises recorded and put up on you know YouTube up on our website and stuff so again if you are a coach listening to this you are more than welcome to share them with your, your clients be like oh look i just need some you know, different variations of like because there's stuff you can do at home like even back training is a little bit hard but there is stuff that you can do at home you know um, and if you are using gary's advice there and going to the playground around you like you know just wash your hands afterwards um and don't touch your face um 
But uh, ultimately, right, if you have understood the basic principles of, you know, applying stress to muscles to get stronger or to increase, you know, your muscle mass, there's, there's no difference in terms of how you are going to train now going forward, even if you have to train at home. Because if you've truly understood all that stuff, now you can look at it and go, I need to put a stress on my muscle. You know, I need to have some sort of progression method within that. You know, we've, we've done progression methods on our website. We've talked through all the training protocols in the podcast, you know. Um, so if you understand all that stuff, you're just going to go, okay, now I actually understand that. All I have to do to keep progressing is put some tension on that muscle, right? And I, I am aware because I, I think it was uh, Jacob. I don't know if it's Jacob because I, I believe yeah, he, Jacob. Jacob, yeah. He asked in there, he's like, you know, talking about his, his clients and stuff. People are worried that, you know, over this next two weeks, if they can't train and whatever, that they're going to lose muscle, right? And there, there are a lot of like studies, on, well, there aren't a lot of studies, but there are some studies on this. And, you know, looking at it from the perspective that, you know, if you do some sort of stimulus, you stimulate those muscles at least once every 10 days, you're probably not going to lose any muscle in any kind of functional capacity. But even if you did do nothing, you took these two weeks completely off, right? You know, if we're talking about muscle loss, you're probably losing like fucking two grams of muscle. You know, like so irrelevant. Now you might lose some of the skill of lifting. You know, you take two weeks off of, you know, your, your skill, like whatever it is. Like if you just took two weeks off from drawing, you were a painter or something. If you took two weeks off from that, like you're going to be worse when you go back. You know, it's just, that is a skill, you know, and it's the same with lifting weights. It is a skill. So you might find that you go back after these two weeks and like, oh man, my bench press was down 10 kilos. You haven't lost any muscle. Don't worry about it. You've just lost a little bit of that skill of lifting, you know? Um, and again, if you just ramp up, ease yourself back into it, all of a sudden within a week, two weeks, you're back to your previous strength levels. No fucking harm done, right? So keep that in mind that you're not going to lose any like real amount of muscle and you're not going to lose any real amount of strength. Uh, you might lose a little bit of the, the skill of, of you know, lifting or whatever in that time period. But like Gary's saying, if you could just find a few bodyweight exercises, a few at-home exercises, you can still get a, a very effective workout done you know and again yes progression methods are an issue here because well like where do you go if you're strong enough to bench i don't know 160 and your body weight is only 190 or 190 your own body weight is only 90 kilos it's like all of a sudden it's like all right well you know you're gonna have to do fucking a boatload of push-ups to get that stimulus you know but like gary said there are ways around this like maybe you do have some like i don't know tree leader uh, milk jugs or something, you can put them in a backpack, you know, maybe you have two of them, all of a sudden there's six extra kilos on, on your back, you know, and you can do some push-ups. All of a sudden you've increased the weight on that. Maybe you do have some weights at home that you can use. Again, backpack, boom, easy to progress. Maybe you use a band as well. Maybe you have a band available. Maybe you have two bands, maybe you have three bands, whatever it is, you do have methods to, you know, utilize at this time, you know, and again, we're going to prioritize getting a few extra videos out on stuff like that. But ultimately, right now, if you understand the basic principles of resistance training, there should you should be able to handle this with ease. You know, like yes, you might need some like specific help. You're like, oh, how do I how do I train my shoulders? You know, you might you might not know the specific of that, but you understand that it's like, yeah, I just need to, you know, get a little bit of tension on the muscle that I, I want to, you know, grow slash maintain in this period, and I'm pretty good to go then, you know. And yeah, you might have to modulate your, your volume and your intensity now. It's not how you usually train. Maybe you normally train very like strength orientated. You're like three to five rep jobs. 
and now you're like, right, I'm going to have to just switch this up and I'm going to have to do a little bit higher, higher rep, you know, more metabolic stuff because, you know, I don't have any extra weight available to me, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of things that you can do that people don't even think about. And I'm not going to, we're not going to spend like lots of time fleshing out every possible thing you could do to kind of keep your training up. It's the principles that are important. But like one thing that probably most people don't realize is that like, you could just do isometrics. Like isometrics are like pretty damn powerful when it comes to like you having nothing available. Like just, for just example, if you want an isometric, is there? Yeah, I will. So when you're like, when you're training, like most people can't think of a way to train their side delts, you know, Oh, I can't do any lateral raises or whatever. Like you could just use her or whatever, but let's say you're like, Oh, I just can't find anything heavy or whatever for all these different muscle groups. Like you have wall in your house. If you if you have if you have a wall that you that you can stand next to, you could do maximum like once you have you're able to support yourself with the other arm, you could do like maximum isometrics, meaning that you're literally pushing into the wall as hard as you possibly can or any other object, but the muscle's length isn't actually. So an isometric contraction is basically where yeah you have an increase in tension, you're producing force, but the muscle's length isn't changing. So you could do that with like the you could do standing next to the banister of your stairs, you could do an isometric roll. You know, like there's lots of different things that you could actually do. And it might sound ridiculous, but I mean, if you do that and you hold it for 60 seconds of you trying to push as hard as you can, like that is a stimulus. And that's the thing that like training is fundamentally, like you said, about applying stress to muscles. Like your muscles, essentially, they sense tension that's being put on them and that's a cumulative process. So even very simple things, and we'll touch on it more in a minute, but like keeping your steps up, you know, that's something that does actually stimulate muscle protein synthesis. And like that might seem like inconsequential, but it, it's relevant, you know, it, it's all cumulative tension. Um, and that's independent of worrying about energy expenditure or anything. All of these things help your muscle to, to stay around. Like, you know, when people go to, when people go to space, when astronauts go to space, or when people are bed bound, they lose a ridiculous amount of muscle. It's not because they stopped training. It's because they stopped experiencing the, the low level forces basically of everyday life, um, of general tasks. So keeping up those things can actually still contribute to your muscle and strength. And like when it comes to the question of muscle loss, I really wouldn't be worried about it. Um, like most people like can maintain muscle mass really well with very low levels of volume, you know, even, even cutting down to like a set or two. Um, that that are quite hard every few days or once a week or whatever is going to be a pretty potent stimulus just to keep things hanging on. Like muscle loss is generally more accelerated where you have those conditions that are really abnormal, where you're bed bound, where you have no gravity, um, or where you have something. Yeah, yeah, or you do, exactly anything that shifts your general balance of, of muscle protein in favor of the catabolic direction of muscle protein breakdown. Like people who, who are elderly, for example, they have higher levels of like just low level inflammation. They're generally more catabolic. So they have less anabolic stimuli. They're a bit more anabolically resistant. So what you see is that they're going to detrain faster than younger people. So if you're young, healthy, active, you're eating enough protein, I wouldn't be sweating it too much, but I still appreciate that people like training independent of whether or not, you know, the, 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 the change in muscle mass and strength, like people like the training process. So I would still hundred percent encourage people, you know, don't just train once a week just cause that's all that's needed. Train as much as you want. Um, but don't, don't freak out if you think you're going to lose muscle along the way. Yeah. I think right now 
for a lot of people, like it is fear. That's kind of, they get, that's what's getting their questions going. They're like, Oh shit, I don't know what to do because my gym is closed. I've never trained in a way that doesn't involve a gym. Like it's, it's all they know, you know, but if you understand the principles, again, you understand like, okay, I need to apply a bit of tension to the muscles. I need to get some sort of, we'll call it a pump going a little bit of a burn going. And you know, all of a sudden you're like, all right, I can, I can do a lot with a very little, like if you have a partner, you have someone else that can apply resistance to the, the, whatever movement it is you do. Like, again, we'll just use that lateral raise, you know, because people are like, oh, I don't know how to train my side delts and I don't know how to train my fucking infraspinatus or whatever random muscle that they're like, oh, this is, this is the key. I always love training this muscle. You know, it's like, if you have a partner that can just apply some resistance, you know, like you do a, a, a lateral raise type deal. Like if you have someone that can just put their hands on either side of your, like your elbows there and just apply resistance as you push against that, you know, all of a sudden you have a, a potent stimulus. Is it the best best stimulus that you could get no probably not you know but at the same time it's like well do you need to have the best stimulus to keep your muscle around do you need to have the best stimulus to grow your muscles even no you know people have you know grown muscles with less than uh optimal implements like you look at like some of these like african gyms like you often see that posted on like a social media and they literally have like rebarb like literally fucking they just got some fucking random uh wires type stuff and plates that they're like they got from the train track you know and it's like they they still get great gains you know they still progress and they still make you know awesome progress and they just make do with what they have available to them and that's the case right now it's like yeah if your gym closes down you're probably just gonna have to make do with what you have available to you so what you need to do now is first of all ensure that you know the basic principles of you know what makes a muscle grow what you know you know, we'll even touch because we're going to move on to it in a second, you know, like your calories and your macronutrients. Once you know all that stuff and you, you understand the lifestyle variables as well, it's like, okay, well, what can I do right now? I have these tools available to me. You understand the principles. And it's like, all of a sudden it's just like, okay, I just need to change my tools. You know, that, that's all it is. You know, this is, this is just a different environment. You know, if you're fucking, normally you work with, you're a carpenter and normally you work with wood. It's like, a certain type of wood. Now all of a sudden we change you over to mahogany. It's a different type of wood. You're like, all right, I need different tools to deal with this type of wood, you know? Um, so that, that's all we're dealing with right now. It's like, okay, you just need to get some tools. And that's why we're going to prioritize making a few videos in the next few days. So it's like, okay, you have a few tools available to you. Now you're like, oh, I didn't know how to train that muscle at home. Here's an exercise that I can do, you know? But I understand that I just need to apply some tension onto the muscle get a good workout going you know again you're probably gonna have to do some like higher rep stuff you know some of these things are just it's not really easy to load them you know so you're probably gonna have to go for like higher reps and um, that you might not be used to but again it's like that's fine it's just applying a stimulus to the muscle and you're getting somewhat close to failure like you don't need to hit absolute failure but like using an exercise and going i'm going to try to accumulate a good amount of volume probably get a little bit closer to failure than maybe you normally do and um, just to ensure that you know all that muscle is working. And again, you're going to have, you're probably going to hit failure a lot sooner than you actually have the capacity to deal with just because the, the movements are new to you. You know, you're going to feel them more, be like, Oh man, I'm doing this row variation that I, I've never done before. And all of a sudden you're like, my lats are on fire here. You know, it's like, doesn't mean that that exercise is unbelievable. It's just like, you just haven't done that exercise before, you know, so it's a new stimulus as well. So you probably will even be sore, you know, doing some at home exercises that you thought, oh, these are just easy exercises off. I, I just forget about them. You know, you probably will notice some doms from doing them, especially if it's, you're also changing the exercise and the training modality. It's like, you're getting like new muscular 
damage and your muscular stress on the muscle, but then also this kind of metabolic damage that maybe you uh, didn't experience beforehand. Maybe your, your training wasn't ever geared towards that kind of higher rep stuff as well, right? But effectively right now, if you understand the resistance training principles, you're good to go. All you need now is to change your tools, you know? And again, we're going to support that over the next few days. If you are in the Facebook group, you'll see it automatically. That will be linked below. Um, you'll, you'll, we'll just be posting them in there. But if you follow us on YouTube or if you're a coach doing this, you know, you want to help your clients or whatever, um, just follow us on YouTube and then you'll see the videos there and you can just share them out to your clients as needed. And um, again, like we're going to have stuff on site that we're going to try again, like have less like unbranded to an extent so that you can share it with your clients if you want to ensure that they stay on track if they have to, you know, effectively be in quarantine, even if it, they don't have like COVID-19. Um, so you can still share that. You can use all that. That's fine. We, like, honestly, we don't care. Ultimately, what's, what we care about is helping individuals stay on track with their health and fitness over this, this period of potential, you know, shutdown. Uh, again, like maybe your country doesn't have it right now, you know? Um, but yeah, they will be linked below the, the Facebook group, the support group. You can, by all means, ask questions in there, you know? Um, like, I know we just posted a question about this topic. There's a few questions within that. And then also like, there's like 50 likes on just the question alone. You know, people are like, okay, yeah, we need this information, you know? Um, but yeah, do you think that covers everything with the training stuff? Because at the end of the day, it's fairly simplistic because what people just need to do is just change their tools, maybe change their modalities a little bit. But once you have those, it's really simple. Now, from the psychological perspective, it's a little bit harder, but we'll, we'll touch on the kind of that kind of stuff in a second. Um, but just purely from a training perspective, do you think that's enough information to help people move forward and deal with these two weeks that they potentially have off from the gym? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I feel like, like if you, if you just take that reassurance with you that, look, I'm not going to regress that much in two weeks. And you still take on those principles of like, right, I'm still going to do something. I'm still going to train. You know, it's, if nothing else, it's good for your head. This is going to be like, some people are going to be, you know, quite down, feeling anxious, et cetera, whether it be like, bored as well. That's going to be big. Bored as well. Yeah. That like the, like I, I, I know personally, like I'm concerned about going home to see my parents. Cause I'm like, well, they're in a higher risk population. So if I am infected, I don't want to be infecting them. And I know people have those concerns. So a lot of people are really taking it seriously, self-isolating. And that involves them sitting at home all day. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to feel fantastic. So getting exercise in is just really, really recommended at this time in general. Um, so yeah, get on that. And as, as we just, said, just, just on that as well, like I hate using these words because it's like so hyperbolic, but like exercise is immune boosting. You know, like it does help with your immune system. So like we definitely would prioritize getting some exercise in during this time period to ensure that your, your immune system is in tip top shape. You know, it's the same stuff with the diet. Now, again, I'm not for a second suggesting that as medical advice being like, yeah, man, just do fucking set of 20 squats and your immune system is going to be jacked and going to be able to fight off the fucking coronavirus. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it does have immunomodulatory benefits that will increase your immune system and potentially contribute to you being safer in this time period. So it's definitely worth your while doing some exercise. Yeah. And even like on that note as well, like you, you, you can look at it from the, the opposite perspective as well, in terms of like, a lot of people are asking, like, what can I, what can I add in to boost my immune system in this time? And like, a lot of people are really dismissive. Like I follow a lot of doctors because obviously i'm interested in medicine you know you doctor bro 
why it's why I'm studying it. Um, but like I follow a lot of doctors who like, and, and as someone with a, a kind of an eye in both fields, like in terms of like the applied nutrition people and the, the medicine people, like doctors can be really dismissive sometimes to the point where it's, it actually, it, it erodes the truth. Like they overcompensate. So they'll say, if someone gives a tip for boosting the immune system, they'll say, this is all bullshit. Uh, nutrition, like the, you, there are no hacks to boost your immune system and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of tr- true. But you can definitely make decisions that support immune function. And that's important because like w- one of the things that like a lot of, a lot of people in our audience could potentially be at higher risk because of things like overtraining, for example. You know, if you've been on a diet for a long time, you're doing lots of fasting or something like that, you've low energy availability, you're training really hard, like your immune function is compromised. And people who are overtrained in that highly stressed state um, are more likely um, to pick up pick up infections and get sick more more frequently. So that that is worth um, noting. So like while you will see a lot of bullshit claims related to boosting your immune system, like don't be overtrained, you know, if you are actually really concerned, like you don't have to care. Like that's, that's your choice. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the with the, the diet stuff as well. It's like, like we yeah. know like having a higher, like antioxidant intake, having higher, like vitamin C intake and all that kind of stuff does contribute. And it effectively just comes back to like eat your vegetables. You know, if you haven't been prioritizing that for the last while, it's like, okay, well maybe now is the time that you maybe just increase your intake just a little bit that yeah, it's not going to be this, you know, 100 200% improvement in your your health or whatever but it's like you know every little bit helps when you are looking at a global pandemic that you know is killing people because that's what we have to keep in mind it is killing people and like i know it's like oh you know this is a person with an at risk population and they're the ones that are dying but it's like most people know people that are at risk populations like most people if you're in your your 20s or 30s your parents are probably an at risk population you know and so like just keep that in mind but also it's like People are still dying that aren't at-risk populations, you know? Yeah. People also all the time have underlying health conditions that they just didn't know they had, you know? Like, you could have a hole in your heart and not know about it, you know? You just what was never found, you know? And it's like, you're at an, an at-risk population now that you did not know about, you know? Um, or you could have some sort of fucking underlying fibrosis in your, your lungs already, and you're like, oh, I was a smoker when I was in my teens, but I stopped, you know? And it's like, I, I'm, I'm fit and healthy now, but it's like, yeah, but like you, because of the actions you took in the past are potentially at a higher risk now, you know? So all this stuff you do have to keep in mind that it is killing people. And yeah, you, especially I, I've seen all that stuff on social media as well, where it's like, oh, this is bullshit, this, whatever. It's like, if people have a right to be a little bit fearful and look for, we'll call them hacks. And yeah, like a lot of them are just stupidity. It's like, oh, you know, take a hundred grams of fucking vitamin C. It's like, that's going to do fucking jack shit. But there is also good advice within, you know, the, the health and fitness community. It's like, yeah, like you should have always been looking after your vegetable intake, your antioxidant intake, like all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, now is probably a time to, you know, maybe prioritize that again, just a little bit, you know, and just make sure that you do actually get your five to 12 fruit and veg per day, you know? 100%. Yeah, like and like we we didn't want to like get into like what the whole actual coronavirus stuff like whether or not you should be worried and all the statistics and all that stuff. Um but yeah, that that is that is a really important point that like you're allowed to be as concerned as you wish. And I like if you're if you want to go and buy 50 rolls of toilet paper, totally your decision. Like I don't care. I'm not going to blast you on social media for it. I think people who do that are 
stupid to be honest like yeah okay maybe some people do to take the panic buying a bit far but uh you are 100 uh, entitled to be as fearful and act accordingly as you wish um especially when you're talking about risk of death because that's the thing people use numbers to really downplay this stuff and i think like a good question that i like to to ask when people are talking about this is you know for you to play russian roulette um people who don't know you have a revolver there's one bullet the rest of the chambers are empty that's normally how you play russian roulette right if you're how many how many chambers would you at what point would you play like is it 100 chambers because that's like the one percent mortality risk like you know the, the, like it's not exactly the same thing obviously Even easier forget about like the, the revolver thing because people sometimes like they're like oh well that's an impossible situation if i gave you 100 smarties and said that one of these smarties is poison would you eat the hundred Smarties or how many, how many Smarties would you eat? You know? Exactly. So like, why would you like, if it's a 1%, you know, death mortality rate or whatever, you know, it's like this, this, if I gave you a hundred Smarties and said one of them was poison, you probably wouldn't eat any of those Smarties. We weren't, we're not going to get into that stuff, but yeah, you know, I, I would be concerned if I, if I had it, like you don't know that you're not going to be the one in a hundred uh, under 30 person who dies from it and that would be a bad vibe you also don't know what the long-term repercussions are and that's something that people haven't really thought too much about like you don't know whether or not this uh, changes your risk for future health complications or whether or not there'll be lasting damage etc but anyway separate to the conversation one last thing on the training front um because like it is it is obviously relevant you know i mentioned steps like obviously there's an energy expenditure justification there as well this is this a good is segue into the next section because i wanted to talk about the, yeah, the the energy expenditure stuff because it goes into the diet then so bring up the steps <laughs> yeah perfect um so yeah like when we're, when we're like this is basically the crossover between diet and training so we've touched on the training stuff boom you're happy that's squared away you're not too concerned about losing muscle fantastic thanks for listening now what the, what a lot of people are concerned about and this is probably the, the biggest challenge at times like this is keeping your diet in check, keeping your nutrition on point, keeping your energy expenditure up so that you can maintain your body composition because like people don't want to, you know, just gain loads of fat while they're out for two weeks. Um, so so I'm going to get fucking huge. I want to get <laughs> all of the sweets available to me. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. It's, it's quite important to just kind of keep your general activity levels up and like this can kind of go in two directions because like for some of my clients who work sedentary jobs, it's likely that they'll be more active in this time now because they have more time to go out for walks and stuff. Like some of my clients literally do not have time. Like they work 10, 12 hours a day um, and it's sedentary work, including their commute, et cetera. Um, and then they get to the gym and that's it. Boom. There's no other steps. Like, so for some people, this could actually be an opportunity to be more active than normal. But for others, for example, if you work in some sort of, you do some sort of manual labor or even like you're a nurse or something in a hospital, you're always on your feet or you're Nurses a personal trainer. Probably a bad example because they're definitely still doing a fucking and a hard yard of work right now. Probably for the population that we're talking to right now, like if you're a personal trainer, and your gym closed yeah. down, all of a sudden, your steps that were at fucking 30 to 50K per day, now they're at 10. <laughs> yeah, sorry, nurses, for uh, lumping you into that. Um, respect the work you're doing. Um, keep it up. <laughs> so yeah, they're definitely going to be on their feet. Um, but yeah, personal trainer is probably the perfect example. Like normally, like when I was working as a personal trainer one-to-one, -one, I used to clock up like 20, 25,000 steps a day. And like that was a, a pretty small gym floor. And obviously my commute was in that, etc. But a lot of personal trainers do clock up like 20,000 plus steps. Um, especially if you have a big gym, you're changing weights, you're walking around a lot. And if you're now not working, like you're going to be pretty sedentary. And that can put a massive dent 
on your energy expenditure. You know, if you're walking 20,000 steps a day, that's a lot of calories, man, that you're expending and you can't just uh, go down to zero and expect to keep your diet the same because it, it's just not going to work out. So get the steps up. If you're at home, like build it into your routine for a couple of weeks that, oh, look, when I get up in the morning, I'm going to go out for a 30 minute walk. Um, in the evening, I'm going to walk the dog for 30 minutes. Boom. Like you've done an hour. You've listened to the triage method podcast and other podcasts that we recommend while you're out walking, of course. Um, and that would be just be a solid way of building it into, um, into your routine. Um, so that, that's, that, that is important. Um, and, and yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much the main thing to say about steps. We've talked about them many times, the podcast, if you're a first time listener, like your steps is a, are a really good way to kind of standardize your energy expenditure because what a lot of people do is, you know, they'll worry about their exercise, their formal exercise, but they won't worry about their actual baseline activity. So while we can't control every aspect of the amount of energy that we burn through non-exercise activities, steps is a pretty good proxy. Yeah, hundred percent. And again, like this, it is one of those things. Again, we didn't want to be given medical advice, but like getting some daylight exposure, getting some sun exposure, getting some fresh air, they're both things that do help with your immune system. They do help with your, your general health. So that's probably just good advice all around. Um, now, obviously with, you know, the coronavirus being somewhat aerosolized, if you can try to you know get those steps away from other individuals, you know, um, like don't be going, Oh, I'm just going to go get my steps and go for a walk with my community. And you know, that's probably not a great idea, you know, but if you can get some steps in, in a, a local park, a local, you know, area that doesn't have a high concentration of people, unreal. You've just contributed to your energy expenditure. You've just contributed to your health and you've just contributed to quote unquote boosting your immune system. Even if you don't want to call it that and you're a medical professional, you know, um, but yeah, getting your steps in. Now this does go straight to the heart of the question with the diet, right? Because ultimately I'm going to presume if you're listening to a health and fitness podcast, which this is, right, you are somewhat aware of the diet, right? You are somewhat aware of calories, macronutrients, or at least somewhat aware of portion control and good food sources. So I'm not going to touch on any of that stuff. However, what we are going to touch on, well, we are going to touch on calories because that, that is something to be aware of. And um, what we are going to touch on is the fact that, you know, your activity is probably going to be lowered. And as a result, you may have to change your diet, right? Because this is a big thing. So there's two perspectives to this. First of all, a lot of people are just going to change their diet unintentionally because they're going to start boredom eating, right? We're going to deal with that in a second, right? So we're going to call that, you know, a reactionary changes in the diet. You know, you're just bored and you're just like, oh, fuck, I'm going to eat some cookies or whatever, you know? What I'm going to talk about now is like you are preemptive with your diet changes. Again, if you're a personal trainer, you were, you were doing 30K steps per day and you know now your gym's closed. You're like, okay, cool. I'm worried about my income. I'm worried about all that stuff. And, but also you're like, oh, I actually do want to at least stay in shape for when I do get back to work. You know, I don't want to lose my income and lose my physique and lose my fucking mental health because everything is off track, you know? And you do want to continue making gains, progress, whatever, in whatever realm you can in the situation that you find yourself in, right? So you may have to preemptively lower your calories. If you are someone that's coming from those 30K steps per day and you are going, oh yeah, it's 3,000 is my maintenance, you know? Like if you know that your, your steps now are only at 10,000, you're actually actively trying to get your steps up. You're going for a walk in the morning, a walk in the afternoon, a walk in the evening. You're also doing some like at home training, you know? And you're like, I'm trying to get my activity up, but there's only so many hours in the day. You can only go for so many walks, especially in Ireland where it's probably going to piss rain for 90% of the day. You know, it's like you can only get your activity up so much, right? So you might have to preemptively lower your calories where, you know, 
you have to make a, a smart decision. Now, if you are obviously a coach that listens to this, you probably are a bit more aware of the diet. We were just doing a, a diet series on this kind of stuff. So maybe go back and listen to either the, the muscle gain, the uh, dieting podcast, or just setting the diet up podcast, the last kind of three main podcasts on the channel. And then just understand a little bit more about the diet itself if you don't already know what to do, you know? But right now you're like, okay, my steps are down. My activity is down. Like all of that kind of stuff is just down. So you could preemptively lower your calories if you know that, you know, your activity level isn't supporting the calories that you wear on if you wanted to stay or potentially improve your body composition in this time, you know? Now, I can't give you a magic bullet and go, this is the exact calories that you should drop, you know? You're going to have to make an educated decision about this. You know, if your activity is literally halved because you were doing 30K steps before and you're struggling to get 10K steps now, it's like, you know, that's, well, we could even say that's potentially up to a thousand calories, you know, like, I don't know, you know, you're just going to have to make an adjustment, make a bet, an educated adjustment, and then see how your body composition, how your weight changes over time in response to that. Right. So reaction or like preemptively, you may have to just, that's just what you're going to have to do, you know, drop your calories because your activity simply is not there to support the, you know, that level of calories. You know, does that make sense, Gary? Yes, sir. Yeah. You've nothing else to add for that? No, like, I think, I, I think like, you know, if you, like you can use this time to be, like preemptively adjust your nutrition. I think it's a fairly sound approach. Like for, for most of my clients, I'm, not recommending that because basically I'm trying to make sure they just stay active in general. Mm. Um, so that's fine. But obviously in the case that that's not possible or like, like I don't expect people, if you normally get 25, 30,000 steps at work, you don't need to keep that up. You know? <laughs> You're probably better off just adjusting your diet. So, so yeah, preemptive uh, changes is, is definitely a good approach for, for individuals who know that they have a change in their energy expenditure. Yeah. Like obviously if your energy expenditure is still in and around where it was, like you were previously getting, 10,000 steps and now you're getting 10,000 steps. It's like, all right, cool. You don't need to change anything, right? So from that perspective, if you are dropping your activity level, it probably makes sense to drop your calories. You know, it just, it just makes sense. Same is true on the other side of things, depending on the situation now, this is a little bit more tricky. If you are someone that was coming from, like Gary said earlier on, very sedentary lifestyle where you're like doing a thousand steps per day and your gym session is the only activity you pretty much do during the week, you know, like you might be in a situation where you are now doing more activity. You have the availability to, you know, actually walk around, get in those 10,000 steps, you know? So this is a tricky one because you can effectively use this time to kind of accelerate your fat loss. If that's the phase that you're in, you know, it's just increase your activity or expenditure a little bit, but this is also a potentially very tricky situation because if you do that, you're probably going to be hungrier and you're probably going to be bored sitting at home. Right. Mm -hmm. So this ties into the, the next bit we're going to touch on, which is the kind of reactionary calorie changes, which you just didn't want to do, but you know, boredom made you do. Um, but we'll touch on that in a second. But if you are someone that is coming from a, a lower, uh, like a, a sedentary job perspective, and now your activity is up a little bit, then you have to be smart with your nutrition. And I don't have, again, I don't have a magic bullet. You know, I've talked to my clients that are in this situation and you know, we're, we're going to make a plan of action going forward for a lot of them. But it really depends on the individual. It really depends on the exact situation, how you have to deal with this. Like if you are in a fat loss phase and your activity is only going up a little bit, eh, who cares? Just milk the, the extra little bit of fat loss that the, this calorie deficit now provides. Awesome. But if you are in a phase where it's like, okay, well, I'm actually trying to gain weight, you might have to increase your calories. 
You know, if you are trying to maintain your weight, you might also still have to increase your calories. You know, you also might notice that, okay, I didn't increase my calories, but I, I was trying to like milk the, the weight gain. And now I'm just really hungry throughout the day because my overall activity is higher. You know, you're going to have to make an educated, informed decision about how you adjust your diet then to keep you on track with your goals, but minimize the risk that you, you know, fuck up the diet because you know, you're hungry now, you're way hungrier because you're doing an extra 7,000 steps per day, you know? So it's a little bit harder if you are someone coming from a sedentary perspective to now increasing your activity because you've, you've two weeks off now or something, maybe from your job, you know? So that's a little bit harder and I don't have a, a magic bullet approach to that. Do you have anything to say on that, Gary? Um, yeah, like this is, with the, the Okay, I'm literally losing the, losing the ability to speak. Um, boredom eating <clears throat> is what I was going to say, is the most difficult thing that people are going to, to struggle with at this time. And it's something that I know a lot of my clients are quite concerned about. Um, because what, especially if your energy expenditure has dropped off, <clears throat> one of the effects that that has when you're exercising less, especially if you're training in, is it disrupts your ability to regulate your appetite. So appetite regulation is less um, accurate when you are more sedentary. So that's one of the benefits of exercise for weight loss. And it's one of the, the kind of things that people don't think about that it's not just related to energy expenditure. Um, it does help with appetite regulation. So if you've got that, and that's compounded by being in the house with all the presses full because you did your emergency shop, <laughs> then it's the perfect, uh, perfect environment uh, for you to basically just overeat um, accidentally or unintentionally would be a better way um, of putting it. Um, so, so yeah, you do, you do have to be mindful of that. And that's why exercise can be useful. But also another thing that, that ties in with this is like keeping yourself busy and working on something like, you know, you, you might, you might be totally off work and you're not working from home. If you've never worked from home before, um, and, and now this is your first time you're, you won't learn boy, because like, it's, 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 it's a weird, it's a weird experience because it's, I definitely find myself like, obviously I've been working on the laptop for years, like that's been my work. Um, it's, it's much easier to be distracted. It's much easier to just go and have a coffee break every 30 minutes. And oh man, you're probably you know, going to have like 30 coffees per day. Like literally, yeah, your caffeine intake is going to be skyrocketed. Like I drink so much tea and coffee, um, preferably more tea. So I don't over, over caffeinate. Um, but yeah, like that, they're, they're the types of barriers that you're going to run into and that are going to pop up. So if you can find a way to keep yourself busy and interested, that's really beneficial because you don't want to just watch Netflix all day. Like you're going to feel like shit and everyone knows that feeling like where you're just like, Oh yeah, I've been busy all day doing something, but I don't, I feel, I almost feel worse for it. And of course there's a place for that, but if you can, you know, read books or I don't know, do puzzles, do some painting, whatever you want to do, find something to keep yourself busy. Um, and that will definitely help, um, push off that tendency to just kind of go to the press every time you're bored, you know? Yeah. Effectively what you want to do in this two weeks off, if you do not have hobbies, you effectively want to, I'm going to say this as a real esoteric thing, but minimize your dopamine exposure, right? And what I mean by that is don't do these fucking huge dopamine hit things like scroll Instagram for six hours every single day. You know, don't have that be your two weeks off. You know, you don't want to look back on those two weeks and go, what did I do? And you're like, oh yeah, actually, yeah, I was on Instagram for six hours every single day. And then I went on to YouTube for two hours and then you know, I was getting a little bit tired. So I went on the Netflix before I went to bed, you know? It's like, that's, that's not what you want to look back on these two weeks and realize that that's what you've done, right? So obviously they're very like high dopamine hit things. 
related to that is obviously food is also uh, a dopamine hit thing. You know, like these are all things that, you know, give you pleasure. Um, so you're going to have to, like, this would be the optimal time. And I mean, if you wanted to reset everything about your life, you're like, I'm unhappy with where I am. I'm unhappy in my job. I'm unhappy in my fucking life in general, the direction of it. You have two weeks off now, you know, change yeah. it, literally change it. Do a dopamine detox. Just get rid of all these things. Don't fucking masturbate. Don't spend two hours fucking masturbating. Don't spend fucking six hours on Instagram. Don't fucking eat a boatload of food just because you're like, oh, I'm off. I'm bored. Let me get this dopamine hit. No, don't use it. Use these two weeks to become an absolute fucking savage. Read those books you know you need to read to increase you know, the, the amount of money you can make. You know, Increase the, or read those or look at those videos that you know you need to look at to, again, increase your revenue, increase your uh especially if you're a coach, like obviously we talk to a lot of coaches, like if you're trying to get better, it's like, now's the time. You have two weeks off. You have two weeks right now. Yeah. Okay. You're probably fucking scared. You're probably, you know, oh my job. I don't know about my, my revenue for the next, whatever. Like come back in two weeks, uh, fucking 10 X coach. You know, you have just increased your knowledge. You have just increased your service in those two weeks. You go back and you go, okay, cool. Yeah. We were off for two weeks, but I'm actually charging more now because I'm a better coach for those two weeks off, you know, and that applies to any job you are currently in. If you have two weeks off, they're just like, oh, like we don't have any jobs for you to do right now. Maybe you even get laid off. You know, that's a very real possibility for some individuals. It's like, right. What can you do in those two weeks? Like revenue that you, you don't have the money. Maybe you've never you know, saved money before. You don't have like a, a six month reserve of cash that you're like, okay, cool. An emergency fund or whatever. You don't have that. Now you're like, I'm my back is against the fence. I need to 10 X my life. What can you do with these two weeks off to do that? Is it reading books? Is it, you know, looking at videos, signing up for like a membership site? You know, what is it right now that you can do to make yourself better? That's what you do on these two weeks off. Don't succumb to what everyone is going to do and spend about eight hours every single day on Instagram or TikTok or any of these social media platforms. If you want to, if you want to maximize your use of these times, delete all those social media apps off your phone, right? Unsubscribe from Netflix, unsubscribe from all those fucking subscription, whatever fucking sites, even music, unless you are a musician or something, that's going to like increase, no your, music. increase your revenue, you know, by understanding, listening to music, whatever. I don't know. You know, use these two weeks effectively, like look back at the end of it and go, yeah, cool. My body composition, you know, maybe it changed for the worse. I, I didn't get that. I was eating too many calories and my activity level was down and you know, I couldn't go to the gym. My strength level dropped off, whatever else we look at it and go, yeah, but those two weeks, They've actually just changed my life because I'm now a better person. I'm now able to generate more revenue. I'm now able to, I put off these things for the, my whole life. I wasn't doing X, Y, and Z. And I just used those two weeks and did it, you know? So that's, that's the first thing I would, I would look to do over the, these two weeks off. Do the thing that you've been putting off that you know you need to do that's going to increase your revenue, increase your IQ, increase you know, your likability as a person, whatever it is that you know you need to be working on, like now's the time to work on it, right? And this feeds directly into, do you want to say anything on that, Gary? Because I know you like to jump in. Nope, that sounds legit to me. Get after it. Wonderful, Go. right? This obviously ties in then again, like if you are in that situation where you're like, oh, I'm bored of meeting, like, there's no, there's no quick fix for boredom eating. I, I, if I did, if I had that, like I'd already be a millionaire, you know, I'd have fixed fucking everyone's problem. Cause that's the problem that everyone has boredom eating. You know, they're like, oh, they use food as a bit of a, a kind of crutch. They're like, oh, I'll just eat some popcorn with this, or I'll have a, a bar with my, you know, tea here. I just want something to kind of give me a little hitter of dopamine. You know, it's like, all right, well, let's, there's no fix for that. You know, the only fix for that is to do something that leads you to not be bored. 
you know um so that that's that's all that we've got really on on that now there are obviously very easy to implement things especially if you do find you overeat on certain foods when you're bored sitting at home just don't buy those foods it's actually just that simple you know or lock them away lock them in the cupboard it's you know your your prep cupboard you know you're a prepper now you're like oh this is only for the apocalypse so i open this cupboard you know like don't have them easily accessible and easily you know obtainable in the area around you you know because you know you're going to do it like there's like a hundred percent you know you're going to do it. you're going to be bored it's going to be fucking i don't know 2 p.m middle of the day you've already spent six hours on instagram you're like what the fuck am i doing I go to the kitchen i'm gonna make that coffee and then, oh actually yeah those, there are those doritos there that I, I i really shouldn't have in my press but actually yeah i'm gonna have i'm gonna have the bag there you know it's like whatever it is whatever it is you know that you shouldn't be eating and it's just there you know you're going to eat it right so obviously the idea is to just not have it there when you know you're going to be increase your boredom right there is no quick fix for this there is no easy fix to help you stay on the path with this stuff apart from getting to work on whatever it is that you need to get to work on not letting yourself get bored you know and effectively using your time wisely and then not making poor prepping decisions you know when you're buying out your fucking 200 uh, pack of toilet roll um you know don't don't buy these foods that like yeah okay maybe it's your your favorite food and you're like oh well if it is the apocalypse and we're all gonna die i want to i want to at least have my twinkies or whatever it's like just don't buy them just don't have them in the house and all of a sudden all of this boredom eating stops happening you know like because you you are looking after your you know mental health we'll call it you're not on social media you just fucking got rid of that you're like okay cool i'm reading those books i needed to read i'm helping my kids you know they're, they're at home now you're at home you're like well, what can you teach them over the next two weeks that's going to 10x their life you know like what can you do you know there's loads of stuff that you can do to help them to help you to help whoever is in your community whatever basically just don't let yourself get bored don't become this person that's like oh yeah i listened to you know four hours of TikTok or I watched fucking a load of videos on YouTube or whatever. It's like, yeah, if that's going to directly impact your ability to help your community, your ability to help the individuals that you need to help, to help your income, to help your job, to help your life. Cool. Watch all the fucking videos you need, you know, just don't let yourself get bored and use your time off wisely. You know, hundred percent. Like if you're stuck for something to do, like if you've got a car and you drive, go and do the shopping for vulnerable people who aren't going to be able to leave their house, you know, cause obviously you but don't just want don't do to. it. If you think you have COVID-19. Yeah. Please don't I'll wear a mask or PPE protective equipment, whatever, uh, whatever you need to do. Uh, but that, you know, that's one option. You know, if you're, if you're that born, you're like, there's nothing I like. All I do is I sit around scrolling Instagram, you know, go and help someone else. Although more difficult at this time, obviously for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, there's nothing else that I would, that I would really add there. Like just reinforcing that point, like stay busy, find something that is not necessarily immediately rewarding, but challenging enough to keep your interest. Like that's, that's, that's where real, real reward comes from. Like if you finish the day and you're like, God, I, do you know why my diet was on point? I got my exercise in. I read 50 pages of a book um and i wrote half an article or whatever you know whatever's relevant for you then you're going to feel much better about yourself than looking back at all those acute little dopamine spikes that you got throughout the day from i don't know getting likes on your instagram posts or whatever you know or scrolling tiktok watching stupid videos (laughs) 
hundred yeah. percent. That kind of well, obviously goes in with both the diet side of things because there there is no fix. I wish there was. I wish there was a fix that I could just give you about boredom eating and all that kind of stuff. But there simply isn't. I would be a millionaire if there was. Right. So you're just going to have to use your time wisely. You're just going to have to make smart decisions. Like, yes, food is more available and you're probably going to be bored. Even if you are, you know, fucking 10 X in your life, whatever, you know, you just have to have some sort of nutritional discipline. You have to then kind of go, okay, I'm going to have to make smart choices now. And even if you, you fuck up, like it's going to happen. I know my clients are going to come to me on Wednesday or Thursday and be like, Oh man, I fucked up. I, I ate those crisps that were in my, my cupboard or whatever. It's going to happen. That's fine. What you need to do is just not have that be like, oh man, I fucked up two days into this two week quarantine period. Basically, I'm just going to take the two weeks off from everything and just fucking eat everything in sight. If you slip up once, that's fine. The next meal, you are one meal away from being straight back on track. You know, that's what you need to think of it like now. It's not like, oh, I'll start on Monday or whatever. There's no reason right now. You have two weeks off. There's no like weekdays, they're gone. You know, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to, this is basically like Christmas time. You know, when you're like, what day is it? What date is it? You have no fucking clue. That's basically what it is right now. So there's no reason to start on Monday. No, you just start straight back next meal, get right back on track. It's very simplistic, right? Now the actual implementation of it, that's naturally enough, very hard for a lot of individuals, but you just have to be smart. You just have to make smart decisions and you have to, you know, detach emotionally from the situation to an extent and go, look, yeah, okay, I fucked up. The diet is off track right now, right? How can I get straight back on track? You know, that's all you need to think about right now. Now, there is some concerns, obviously, naturally enough for people. If you go to your local shops and all of a sudden half the food that you normally eat is gone, you know, you just have to, be aware that, first of all, panic buying food it doesn't serve your community and doesn't serve you, generally speaking. Like, yeah, maybe buy an extra two or three trays of whatever it is that you, you, you buy. That's fine. That's cool. But like literally buying out all the toilet roll in the store, you know, that's probably not, you know, ideal for anyone. Like it, it also makes no sense. You know, it's just it's pure fear. That's all it is. Right. Um, so hoarding, it's just it doesn't serve your community just don't do it. Right. But it is a concern for people that are interested in their health and fitness that you now they go down to the store and you know, they got to buy some meat, whatever. And all of a sudden they're like, fuck man, the stuff that I normally buy is gone, you know, or I normally buy for the week and I can only buy two of these, you know? So that is a concern. You may have to switch up your diet. You may have to tweak your, your macronutrient intake. You might have to do that. You're just going to have to play it by ear. You're just going to have to make the best decisions available to you right now right? You know, ideally as well, I'm just going to say it, like try to support your local community wherever you can. Like if you normally buy your, your meat in Tesco or whatever, like try maybe buy your meat from the, the local butcher because they're going to be feeling it a lot more than a, a multinational company, you know, where it's like, oh, well, okay, they're, they're, say Tesco, they're in England, they're in Ireland. They're not going to feel the brunt of it. Like, yeah, their revenue, their profit's going to be down. It's probably going to be down fucking like 30% you know, but they can bear that a little bit more. Whereas if you're a local butcher or you're a local farmer or whatever, and all of a sudden your revenue goes down 30%, it's like, that's, that's a, a closure. You know, that's, that's a potential, like you're, you have to close the shop now forever. You know, you can't, you can't handle that, you know? So do try to support your local community wherever possible with that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously be safe and whatever, you know, if you are the local butcher, like just don't be coughing on the meat. Thanks. Um, <laughs> 
but uh like stuff like that like it, it just it just makes sense you're just gonna have to play it by ear to a large extent there is no simple hack there is no simple trick that you can do you're just going to have to make smart decisions and try to stay on track with your your diet principles which again you should understand from listening to the podcast reading our articles or if again you're listening to this because your, your trainer shared it with you or whatever like the, the diet principles that your, your trainer has given you you know like you're just gonna have to make the best decisions possible you know yeah and, and the only other thing i would say about nutrition that i think is actually quite important is to try and have try and have a structure and stick to it you know i don't mean like a meal plan but one of the things that gets people especially if you kind of come if you're already tracking your nutrition and everything you already track your calories and macros and suddenly your routine is gone it can be very easy to just wake up in the morning and be like yeah i'll just eat when i feel like it and you know i'll just fit, fit hit my macros hit my calories or whatever and then suddenly you've been kind of snacking and picking and there's no routine and then by four o'clock you're like oh my god i've only got 100 calories left what am i going to have for dinner and that's when you're more likely to to start to overeat so like for example for me most of the time i eat three main meals a day um and maybe another meal that's like a, a kind of a more snack on the go type of meal and um, that's generally when i'm training and i'm more active so for me i'm just like right i'll have breakfast lunch and dinner so when you wake up in the morning it's like all right i'm gonna have my breakfast and then I'm gonna, i know i'm gonna have my lunch at one and then i'm gonna have my dinner at six o'clock or whatever so if you have that like it's a fairly basic thing that you're like your grandmother would tell you to do but if you have that basic just structure like it can be three meals it can be six meals i don't care what you do um at least you know what your day is going to be like then and it puts some structure into your day and it takes the guesswork out of it and you know what your nutrition is going to look like because if you're just winging it compounded by all the other things that we discussed um you're far more likely to, to start to go off track so so have some structure 100 percent, and again the structure can be anything. It just needs to be in play. Again, like if you know you're going to sleep in loads, that's fine. That's cool. Just set up your structure to accommodate that. Like I eat like a, an intermittent fasting style. Like my first meal is like after the gym, which I generally go to the gym at 12. Now that might change again because the, the gyms might close for me. They haven't closed right now, but they may in future. Um, so generally my first meal is at two, two o'clock in the day. Like I train fasted, right? So my breakfast is at two o'clock in the day roughly speaking you know so i know i have that structure so even if i sleep in i'm like all right well that's my first meal of the day this is the structure of my day i know how i'm going to eat around that you know like my bjj club has closed down and that's four activity sessions per week that i do that generally i eat around to accommodate that so i have to again change my nutrition protocol to accommodate that fact that my energy expenditure is down and the the normal session that dictates the structure of my day for those days is also gone you know so you're gonna have to make changes to your your day your structure your diet whatever but what you do need to keep in place is an actual structure you know and again it can be very loose it doesn't need to be a meal plan be like i'm going to eat 50 grams of protein for breakfast and 10 grams of fat like i'm not saying that but like i said some structure in place is going to get you through this much more than if you eat randomly throughout the day and then realize come 4 p.m that you're like oh, cool, I've eaten 15 grams of protein today and I have no way that I can make a meal that allows me to hit my protein target and hit my calorie target as well. Like there's, just, there's nothing. I'm not going to eat like two packs of fucking, I don't know, slices of chicken or something. You know, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to do it, you know? So as a result, you're going to be far less likely to stick to your diet if you just throw out all structure in your day, you know? So again, if you are a personal trainer and you are talking to your clients, that is one thing that I would definitely encourage them to do i would definitely encourage them to have some structure and then stick to that structure throughout the day throughout the week uh, and that's going to increase your likelihood that you're going to 
be on track with your diet. 100%. Right. I think that's pretty much everything, unless we start going into medical advice, which I, we're not qualified to do. Um, there are some things I just want to state, um, just because I know a lot of personal trainers listen to this. There are things that you can do if you are a personal trainer. Like I know in the government in Ireland, if you're self-employed, they are saying they're going to you know, give you know, money, whatever, so reimbursements, whatever. Don't know what the exact protocol is going to be for that, but you, know, you should probably talk to someone about that, whether it's your, your local representative or it is you know, your accountant or whatever. You know? There probably is going to be some, some level of support from the government, right? So just don't be as fearful as, I, I, like I know a lot of personal trainers have messaged me, right? And they've asked like, oh, what will I do now? And like the money's gone, right? That is the case for a lot of people. It's, it's fucking shit. There's nothing you can do about it, right? But also on top of that, there are some things that you can do about that, <laughs> right? And what I mean by that is like, if you are a personal trainer, you work in a gym and the gym is closed, like there is the potential that, you know, if that gym has other personal training or personal trainers that are also training people, like if there's five to 10 of you and your gym is closed, like there is the potential that you can talk to your gym owner because the gym owner wants to keep the gym open. They want to make money in that time. You know, like they're losing revenue too, you know? So if you could talk to them and go, look, I know the issue is a hundred people in the gym. You know, what if you and the other personal trainers, you just do your coaching and they're the only clients that are allowed in the gym. The gym for all intents and purposes is closed, but all the personal training trainers and their clients, they're able to get their training on get their training done and you know because you're able to keep the numbers lower that is a possibility i know some gyms up here have done that where the gym says it's closed but the personal trainers are still training their clients you know and so if you are a personal trainer you're really worried that is something that maybe you talk to you know you're the gym owner that you're working out of you know that is the possibility there for that and there is also obviously a possibility, again, depending on the structure that you have to potentially train some of your clients outdoors. Now, again, it's Ireland, so, you know, it's weather dependent, um, but there is potential for that, you know, and um, obviously you have to be aware of the risks. You have to be aware of, you know, good practices. Like you don't want to just be like, oh, I'm going to do a, an outdoor workout. And then all of a sudden congregate like 500 people there. And then all of a sudden you're like, right, well, this has to be shut down by the fucking police, you know? Um, so you obviously do have to be aware of that. You could also offer as a personal trainer, like home service. Like if you're going to be sitting at home and doing fuck all, you know, you could also go to the clients that you normally have and be like, right, I'll just go to your home and I'll do the work out there in your house. You know, maybe you do have some access to weights in your house. You're like, I'll just bring them and throw them in my car. We'll go over there, kettlebell, we'll do some fucking work, you know? And there is a possibility for that. You know, there are possibilities there that you could implement. You know, obviously we're not going to go through all of them because I know a lot of different people are listening to this and they don't want to be like, oh, well, this is the exact protocol you can use for that. But there are things that you can do as a personal trainer, as a coach, to both support your clients, help them get results, and then also still make revenue in this time period. Because I know that is a concern for a lot of people. They're like, oh shit, I have bills to pay and I don't have clients to pay, you know? Um, so that, that there is things that you can do. I know, I know I've talk, talked to a good few PTs and stuff that are implementing stuff like this. Um, but yeah, you just, you basically have to be a little bit smart yourself if you are PT and just kind of go, all right, what can I do? Who can I talk to? Can I maybe get my gym to help me let my classes or my, you know, my clients come in, whatever. Like talk to people. People want to keep things open if they can you know? Yep. Nothing else to add there. Wonderful, Gary. Right. So I'm going to wrap this up here. We're not doing any sales pitches or anything else. So do you have anything 
final to add to this for the uh, special COVID-19 podcast. I was going to call this Corona time, but I actually think that's probably incentive, insensitive even. Um, but it would be a good podcast title. I guess just uh, stay safe, you know, isolate yourself as much as you can, wash your hands, try not to touch your face. I keep touching my face and biting my nails. So sorry about that. But uh, also you need- always, you always get sick as well. So if anyone's going to die, it's you. I never get sick. You're always sick. You're always like, <laughs> oh, Patrick, <clears throat> I'm going to do the podcast today. <laughs> it's disgusting. Because that's actually just because I've got so much muscle that it just blocks my airways. That's oh, you can hardly thing. breathe, is it? Yeah, you got sleep apnea after being so big. Oh, your traps are just fucking. Your neck, everything is just huge. Like that's why you're sitting like that. That's why you have your hood up, like it's like just covering everything. All my fucking pharyngeal and laryngeal muscles, man, are jacked. Nice. Jacked. But uh, yeah, I have nothing else to add. Do you have anything else to add, Gary? Apart from wash your hands, cough into your elbows, and uh, don't touch people. It's fucking weird. I just had a thought. I wonder, is there any research on hypertrophy of throat muscles in people who take loads of steroids? Definitely is. Like That's a question research, for another time. Research, probably not. But anecdotal evidence, 100%. 100%. Look at yeah. them all. Like, you see them with like their jacked uh, jaw muscles when they chew chewing them and stuff. Yeah. They're like, out here. Like. Yeah, no, because people always talk about you know bodybuilders getting... Uh, sleep apnea and everything and it's always related to the size of their actual neck but i'm like oh i wonder the intrinsic throat, throat muscles laryngeal pharyngeal muscles well, look, anyway that's a question for another time if their heart gets bigger i'm gonna say yes that could be a good uh a episode <laughs> hypertrophy of the uh, thyroarytenoid muscles in your eyelid muscles anyway um we are over and out nothing else to add i hope everyone stay safe and i hope you don't get COVID-19 and I hope your lung tissue stays beautiful, stays breathable and you have a a lovely two weeks off from whatever it is and that you stay on track with your health and fitness goals and when you come back to your job, when you come back to your normal life after these two weeks, you have 10x yourself and you're laughing at all the people that didn't listen to this and didn't listen to the advice and they didn't make use of the two weeks that they have off, you know, or the extra time that they have over those two weeks. No, you, you've come back and you are able to ask for more uh, money from your clients. If you're a PT, you're able to ask for more money from your job. If you're just, you know, uh, working a job and you've 10 X yourself, right? So use the time effectively. Don't, 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 don't get addicted to even more dopamine and waste 20 hours of your day on social media. Yes, sir. Enjoy.